Some Pharisees came, and to test Jesus, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house of the disciples, asked him again about this matter. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. My daughter Madeline and I play this very silly game together. And as with most silly games, who knows where this one started? First, Madeline will hold out her hand until I take it in mine. And then once I'm holding it, she'll pretend to be mad and say, no, that's my hand. Then I reply, no, that's my hand. And she'll say again, no, it's my hand. We'll do this back and forth a few times until I present my winning card. No. It's my hand. I made that hand. It took me nine months to make that hand. She'll giggle and laugh at this thought that sounds just impossible to her. In Madeline's very early days, those precious newborn moments, I would think of this passage from Genesis often. Flesh of my flesh. Bone of my bone. I would think of how connected we are as parent and child, of how much we share, of how our very cells would always reveal our familial DNA, how we once shared my body, but now she exists all on her own. I'll admit her hands are her hands, but I did help a little. Our first reading from the book of Genesis can be troubling. If you try to interpret it in a literal sense, much of it is hard to reconcile with the first chapter of Genesis when the world is simply spoken into being in a slightly different order. And with all we now know about 
sex and gender and the diversity of human relationship and sexuality and love. It can be painful to read a text with male and female joined together as one flesh as if that's the only sacred bond. I want to pause here and say that if you haven't read the book Transforming by Austin Hartke yet, and that was the September book club pick, please read it if just for the chapter on the creation story alone because it is so moving and illuminates the scripture in a way that really celebrates human diversity. Despite some challenges with this passage, there is so much beauty here. To think of God so hands-on in the creation process, not simply speaking the world into being, but shaping and forming, sculpting and breathing, problem-solving and creating until finally getting it right. That's a God who knows us intimately, who is not afraid to get a little dirt under their fingernails. And to think that those first people are made of dirt, God's breath, flesh and bone. It's a reminder to all of us that we are made of the same stuff. No one better than anyone else. Each of us earth beings, flesh and blood, filled with divine breath, made in God's image. From the very beginning, God created us to need one another to be in relationship. Our need for love is as basic as our need for food or sleep. And these bonds are so powerful. The way that we are able to so deeply connect to one another that it's like becoming one flesh, so bound, so entwined that it's hard to know where one begins and another ends. Are those my hands or your hands? We are created in God's image, after all. God who is not one, but three. Not three, but one. Separate, but also united. God lives in divine relationship. And we are made in that image. With all this in mind we turn to our gospel text. In today's gospels, the Pharisees are questioning Jesus. And they bring to Jesus a question about the law. Is it lawful for a man to divorce a woman? This passage can be an emotional one for anyone who has experience with divorce or loves someone who has gone through a divorce. Because at first glance, it seems like Jesus is saying divorce is always wrong. It's a text that some have used to keep people in abusive relationships or in relationships where all love is gone, which doesn't sound like what God would desire for us. Jesus, like usual, is turning this question of law around and making it a matter of the heart. 
marriage is more than a contract that can be dissolved. Jesus is recognizing the real pain of divorce. Socially, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. That what is lawful isn't always good or life-giving. That the love and commitment and Holy Spirit that brought two people together and bound them in a way that makes them feel like one so entwined and connected that it's hard to imagine one without the other, that undoing that is painful and heartbreaking. And it shouldn't be done thoughtlessly just because the law allows it. Relationships are a gift. Through them, we experience God's love for us. And we should treat them like the gift that they are. While choosing to love someone so deeply makes us vulnerable to pain or loss that could happen, this capacity to love one another so deeply makes life more meaningful, more joyful. And this love takes so many different forms. I do see it in couples who have been married for most of their lives, but I recognize it in other places too. In best friends who have somehow remained best friends through decades and life changes, love and loss, in a parent and child, whether adopted or biological, in siblings that continue to share in one another's lives throughout adulthood, growing closer as they grow older. Life is better together. I recently read about a study that was done And this image has stuck with me for weeks now, so I have to share it. In the study, a person was placed in front of a hill and then asked to estimate the angle of incline. It turns out that, in general, people aren't great at this. Most people overestimate how steep something is. And in this study, they wanted to see what would happen if you put two people together. If you had someone by your side, what effect would that have on the estimate? It turns out that with a person beside you, the incline doesn't seem quite so steep. The study went one step further. What if you put two friends together? People who had known each other, shared experiences, had supported one another before. What effect would the estimate, how would that affect the estimate if your company was a true companion? Well, in that case, people were likely to estimate the incline even lower. Suddenly, this hill in front of them didn't seem so bad. The hill in these cases didn't change, but the perception of it did. Being with someone who supports you makes the big, scary stuff seem 
not so big and scary. Facing hard stuff together is easier than facing the hard stuff alone. It's really good to have someone with you for the journey. This place, this congregation, and the church in its most universal sense is a gift. God trusted the gospel to the people of Christ gathered, to the whole people of God, knowing that we need one another. A life of faith has peaks and valleys. There are times when life's obstacles just seem too big, insurmountable. And that's when we rely on one another. We're here to lift each other up, to lend a hand when one of us is down, to weep with, to grieve together, and encourage and cheer on, and to reach out to the lost and the lonely and the rejected, inviting them into this beloved community that is unlike any other, this communion of saints where we bear one another's burdens and share in one another's joys and are included in the one body of Christ. It's not good for one to be alone. May we give thanks for the love in our lives, for the joy of being deeply connected to one another. And for this family in Christ, where we encounter God's love. Amen.